Welcome to the First United Methodist Church. We hope our sermon broadcast will bless you. The first scripture reading this morning is from Luke, the 10th chapter, verses 38 through 42, from the New Revised Standard Version translation. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him. And she had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The second reading this morning is from the Gospel of John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why is this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, um, do we have any Martha Stewart fans in the congregation this morning? A few? I'm not, you know, it's not just women. There may be some men who like Martha Stewart, too. So, this is a, a sermon. I forget when I first did this, but it, it always comes back to me when this text from Luke comes up. A man was part of a safari that was headed deep into the interior of the then Belgian Congo. They'd traveled hard for, and fast for several days when one day... At the time they were supposed to set out, he noticed that the native bearers who carried all the supplies for the expedition weren't getting ready to start the day. They were just sitting around. When asked why they were not getting ready, they replied, we have traveled so fast the last few days that our bodies have gotten ahead of our souls. We're going to wait here today so that our souls can catch up with our bodies. Now, we may smile at what we think to be a quaint belief of those natives, perhaps even think them a little foolish. We may think in our enlightened 21st century way that a body and soul can't possibly be separated, let alone by traveling too fast, unless 
That's the explanation for jet lag. But we'd be wrong in our thinking. And ultimately, I think we would prove to be the foolish ones because the Bible seems to tell us in more than one place than just today's scripture that we can get moving so fast we leave our souls behind. And sometimes we can do it while standing in one place. It happened to Martha. Let me tell you about Martha. I've met her many times. I know her pretty well. I've even found a bit of her in myself from time to time. Martha is a lot like, well, she's a lot like Martha Stewart. And there's a whole lot they share in common beyond name. Martha Stewart has popped up just about everywhere over the years. Magazines, TV shows, books, seminars, her own special section of goods at Kmart. The last place I expected to find her, though, was in the Gospel of Luke. But when I opened my Bible that Monday so many years ago to read this gospel text for today, there she was. I read the text and I thought, there's Jesus and there's Mary and Martha Stewart. What's she doing here? But there she is, or at least there her namesake is. And now I know that poking fun at Martha Stewart is probably dangerous business, Even though she's become a target for a multitude of jokes and parodies, she's got a lot of fans, you see. Probably some in this congregation. Well, the couple acknowledged that. But that's why I asked the greeters and ushers to make sure none of the ladies were carrying tomatoes into church this morning. (laughs) But I'm not really going to make fun of Martha. To be honest... When I first took this text and tried to have some fun with it, I was hoping I could find a really good joke and have a little fun at her expense. But then as the work progressed, and as it's progressed over years since then, I realized that what we need to talk about isn't really all that funny. It's serious business which maybe means I'm treading on even more shaky ground. Because to be honest, Martha's got a problem. And now we're talking about Martha of the Bible. She's not traveling, but she's moving so fast that her body has gotten ahead of her soul. And she needs to sit down and let it catch up. So let's back up. And look in again on what was going on. Jesus showed up at Martha's house for dinner. Same story you heard comes in the Gospel of John with a little different angle to it. And that's one of the first things we notice about the setting is that this isn't Lazarus' house. It isn't Mary and Martha's house. It's Martha's house. And she's the one who welcomed Jesus in. And as soon as he and his company arrive, Martha is off like a flash, on the move, getting busy. Now, I don't know if she did it because it was Jesus or if she'd done that for any visiting guest. 
But Martha almost literally threw herself into preparing the perfect meal. She's cooking up some exotic dish using spices most folk never heard of. She's setting the table with coordinated napkins and polished silverware that is placed so perfectly you'd think someone got out a ruler to make sure that the salad and dinner forks were exactly three centimeters apart. She sends one of her maids off to gather some flowers and arranges them into a glorious bouquet. But this is going to be not just a meal. This is going to be an event. Call the photographers at Better Homes and Gardens because it's going to be picture perfect. Do you get the idea here? Martha's moving with precision at the speed of light, trying to get every last detail right. Now, I don't know how much time went by, 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour or more. Luke doesn't really tell us. But somewhere in the midst of it all, in all her racing around, maybe when she brought the hand-squeezed lemonade out to Jesus and the disciples, Martha slows down just long enough to notice her sister Mary, who's just, well, just sitting there at the feet of Jesus, doing nothing but listening, not moving at all. And Martha's more than just a tad irritated because while it isn't Mary's house, Mary's no guest. She lives there with her sister. And so she ought to be helping, taking up some of the slack, helping ensure the event comes off without a hitch. She's glaring at Mary who just sits there silently with a relaxed smile on her face, enraptured by Jesus' sayings. Jesus, Lord, this isn't right. She's not lifting a finger, not doing anything to help me. Don't you care? Aren't you the very one who's been teaching everybody about the importance of hospitality, about serving others? Tell her to get up and help me. And Martha isn't wrong. In the Jewish culture, Hospitality was everything. She expected Jesus to tell Martha or Mary to go help. But in fact, not only does Jesus not side with her, he verges on upbraiding her. Martha, Martha, Martha. You know, you're worrying about way too much stuff. You're getting distracted over unimportant details. There's really only one thing that's needed. So get off Mary's case. She's chosen the better part. And not only are you not going to take it away from her, no one is. So chill. Relax. Slow down for a minute and let your soul get caught up with your body. I'm sure Martha just stood there speechless, dazed, confused, bewildered, thinking, unimportant details? What's that supposed to mean? Luke doesn't tell us anything more. Jesus says what he says. That's the end of the story. We don't know if Martha sat down, if she went back to the kitchen in a huff and sulked or stormed out of the house, or knowing Mary wasn't going to help, went back to work at twice the speed of light. It just doesn't say, and maybe that's the way Luke wants it, the way Luke intended it. Maybe he wants us to figure it out. Maybe he wants us to answer the unanswered questions in our own lives. 
You remember I said I've even found a bit of Martha in myself from time to time. I don't know if this is a universal experience or just mine, maybe more for the women than the men. But have you ever had a dinner, maybe Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner or Easter or some occasion where family and friends were coming to your house and you got busy cleaning and organizing and arranging and coming up with a menu and cooking and setting and double checking and serving and clearing and worrying that when it was all over everyone had gone home and everyone had gone home, you felt like you missed out on something. Anybody? Whoa, whoa, we got... I can remember feeling that way once or twice. I can remember wondering what was the point. And that's why Jesus tries to stop Martha in her tracks because that's where Martha's headed if she's not already there. She's so worried about the event, the event and everything being perfect that she's going to miss the party. She's going to miss the celebration. She's so worried about details that she's overlooking the one most important thing, which is simply being together, spending time together, seeing Jesus in the midst of it all. I mean, do we really believe that Jesus would prefer roast chicken with rosemary and lemon sauce and wild rice pilaf served up on the finest porcelain? over franks and beans and potato salad? I don't know. Served up on paper plates even? Now some of you are probably thinking, well, it really wouldn't take all that much longer to cook the chicken. We're we're missing the point. Would it taste better? Maybe. But the table and the setting and what's to eat really aren't all that important to an event like this. Not to the point of it getting in the way of the one thing which is important. And that, quite simply, is just being together in one another's company and listening for the voice of Jesus in the midst of it all. The Old Testament has a lot to say about hospitality. The New Testament as well. And that quite, and it's always about welcoming strangers and entertaining angels unaware, and that's important. Serving others is important. Don't misunderstand me, but when we get so busy serving and trying to frankly show off, perhaps, we're missing something. We're missing out on the party. We're missing out on really feeling the presence of the Lord in our midst. See, Martha's got it all wrong. She's just gone, hasn't got it all wrong. She's just gone overboard. And we all do that at times. She's trying too hard to be perfect with her matched tablecloths and napkins and the coordinated plates and all that other stuff. Because stuff isn't important to Jesus. People are important to Jesus. And quite frankly, I think he'd probably prefer a potluck in a musty church basement to dinner at the finest country club. That one everybody shares in a little bit of the work and no one goes away empty. I'm not speaking of empty stomachs either. I'm speaking of empty hearts 
Souls that got left behind in the rush to do everything perfect or because they didn't believe God could truly love them because of their faults and failures. In the end, brothers and sisters, Jesus had a pretty simple way of laying it all out for us. He said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor as yourself. There's great wisdom in that. And one piece of of it is this. If you wouldn't go to all that trouble for any ordinary meal with your grumpy spouse and bratty kids, don't do it when company's coming. Because you can't really welcome people into your life or into your heart if you're busy putting on airs. And you can't really welcome Jesus into your life if you're too busy trying to be perfect. Roast chicken with lemon rosemary sauce certainly never killed anyone. But beans and franks didn't either. At least that's the way it is at the Lord's table. Whatever is there is always enough. Thanks be to God. Amen.